Hi, my name is Elijah, and I have the privilege to serve as the creative pastor here at City Life Church. We just wanted to quickly thank you. Thank you for tuning in wherever you may be watching from. Hey, if you haven't already, please go ahead and click the like and subscribe button. We believe that God has an amazing word for you today. So let's jump into today's message. Let's jump right into the word. I want to keep you long because boy, I just feel that even in our communion, as we partake today, it's in the finished work of the cross that we rest. It's in the finished work of the cross that we rest. And we're going to receive communion. Pastor Kevin's going to lead us. And I just want to thank my friend for stopping by on his sabbatical. I love you. I bless your family. Good to have the girls here today. And uh, we just love the Wallace family. And uh, just thank for the gift and the grace on them for this season of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I want to speak to you today about the fruit of rest. The fruit of rest. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. Aren't you thankful that he is the teacher? Let me teach you. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. I want to jump to the message Bible and read the same text. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I told you a few weeks ago that the word sila, the series we're in right now, simply means to pause, to reflect, rest, worship, refocus. One writer gave the definition as this, a pause before the next paragraph or chapter begins. One writer described it this way, an invitation from God to rest and worship. The very first week we talked about the rhythm of rest. And we talked about how in the beginning, in the very first chapters of the book, God gave us a rhythm. On day one he created and on the end of day one he did two things. He worshiped and he rested. He said it is good. Now God does not need to worship himself. He's no more God today than he was yesterday, or he will be no more God tomorrow, he just is. He does not need to rest because the Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. That's why we can rest. But two principles he gave us in the very first chapters of the book. If we will rest and worship on day one, it will lead us to day two. And it will lead us to day three, day four, day five, day six, until there is a complete work. In the Ten Commandments, he gave the top ten. The first few are vertical connections to God and man, the last grouping are horizontal connections between man and man. But right in the middle, he puts a verse. And he gives us a command. It says, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Mark it. Build a fence around it. Why? Because if there is not rest and worship in the journey, you'll break all the commandments. If there's not a sila, a pause, a breath. And we talked about having physical rest in our body. 
if you work with your hands and you labor with your body, you need rest in your body. We all need rest, but if you are one that works out in the sun, you may need rest in your body. Because eventually your body will tell you it needs rest. Some of you need rest in your mind. I've never heard so much about mind fatigue and and, and mind issues and people that are dealing with mental, not, not just in the world, but in the church. I was at Walgreens the other day, and right next to the counter, they had this stuff you could drink. It was a shot, and it helped with brain fog. I didn't try it. I thought about it. But I've, not, I've never heard so much about people dealing with mental health issues. For some of you, you need to just shut your mind down. You're overthinking, you're anxious, fear is gripping you, your heart and your mind is playing tricks on you, and you're going places in your mind that God will never take you. You're at places in your mind that you will never be spiritually or physically because it's not your assignment, but the enemy is driving you there in your mind. And for some of you, you need a seal of moment in your mind. For others, it's in your spirit. You're fighting the good fight of faith, but you're weary in your well-doing. Jesus said, come to me, not come to church, not come to religion. Not come to another small brew, but come to me. Now, he's in all of that, but what he was saying was, if you will come to me, I will teach you how to find true rest. Because sometimes even in our church and even in our ministries, we find busyness. And it's the enemy of rest. I'm trying to learn right now what is significant and what is just busy. Because significant things, my family is significant. My girls are significant. My marriage is significant. Our ministry is significant. But what is significant? What is just busy? Sometimes you have to learn. Jesus began to teach some disciples, and I'm not going to keep you long today, but I want to teach you for just a moment. Jesus began to teach his disciples. And he begins to teach them in the journey, in the middle of the journey. Men that would turn the world upside down. Twelve men, now over a billion on planet Earth, confessing the name of Jesus. But it started with twelve. Men that had issues just like us. Anybody with issues in the room today? Come on, don't nudge your, your spouse. He's talking to you. We all have use issues. We're human. We deal with humanity. We're marked by humanity. Jesus, in the middle of the journey, begins to talk to these men that are battling with issues. True world changes, but issues. People that would navigate the kingdom in perilous times, but issues. And he said in verse... One of chapter 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branch. I am the vine, and you are the branch. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and is withered, and they are gathered and thrown into the fire, and they are consumed and burned. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you, by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus begins to tell these men that the key is staying connected. The journey will have ups and it will have downs. We will have water walking moments and there will be moments you will hide in fear. But in this journey, if you will stay connected and you will abide, this word abide is multifaceted. It's multidimensional. It's just not one word can define it. It simply means to rest, but it also means to trust. It means to connect, but it also means to root. It's a word that has multifaceted dimensions and the meaning. And when Jesus spoke it, it was much more than they could grasp. But what he was saying was, if you stay connected to me, he said, you will bear fruit. The key is, is this. God has called you to bear He said, you will bear fruit. And then he said this, you will bear more fruit. He said, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. But in the journey from bearing fruit to much fruit, he says, you're going to have to walk through seasons of pruning. I don't know about you, but pruning seasons are not fun. It's where God comes in like a surgeon if we allow him. And if we do not allow him, sometimes he comes in with an axe. But if you allow him, he comes in strategic and intentional like a surgeon. And he begins to separate light and darkness flesh and spirit. But it's in the abiding there's a pruning that only happens in the resting. Pruning doesn't happen in the running. Pruning doesn't happen in the battle. Pruning doesn't happen in the commotion, but in the waiting, in the trusting, in the moment where you take a sila and you take a breath and you pause for just a moment. The surgeon comes in and he begins to separate that which is decaying and that which is dead and he begins to speak life. And he said, if you're going to get to the place of much fruit, he said, you've got to allow me to come in and prune some areas. I just have to, I have to sense that in this season of resting and in this season of taking a breath, God God is removing some things from our life. He's bringing some things into our life. He's separating the weed and, and the shaft, and he's declaring that there is a new season. Oh, it's not for the weak need or the faint of heart, but it's for those that rise up in the middle of the good fight of faith and declare the word of the Lord. He said, you're going to begin to bear fruit. First, he said, you're going to bear love. The Bible says love conquers fear. It silences the voice of the adversary. He said, you're going to be an image of love. He said, then you're going to produce joy. Now, joy and happiness are two different things. Do not get them confused because you can be happy today and sad tomorrow. One phone call can rock your world this week. I mean, a matter of fact, I, I love new car smell. Anybody like new car smell? I love new car smell. Not long ago, I got a new car. And I got in the car, that new car smell. But 30 days later, Somebody's got to pay the payment. <laughs> Happiness is fleeting. But joy is where you build your house. It's the steadfast rock. That's why the Bible said joy comes from the Lord. That's why you can be battling hell but still have joy. That's why all hell can be breaking out around you, but you still know there was a king sitting high and lifted up. That's where you understand that there is an alpha God and an omega God, a beginning God and an ending God, a first God and a last God, a God that always has the final word, not just a God of creation that begins the journey, but the I am that 
that finishes the journey. He said, I am going to produce a fruit of joy in you. But then he said this, I'm also going to produce a fruit of peace, a peace that goes beyond your understanding, a peace that you will ground your life in, that when you cannot trust, trace me, you can still trust me. When you cannot put it all together and the pieces do not match, you know in whom you serve. He said, I'm going to produce a peace in you and release a piece of fruit, a fruit of peace in your life that you will produce a faith and an authority. He said, matter of fact, you'll be able to speak to things and declare those things as not as though they already are. You'll begin to declare the kingdom in your life and believe that it is already done. A few days ago, we were flying in from vacation, and as we landed, we, we ate a lot of pasta, a lot of pizza. But when we got to Atlanta, the girls wanted Chick-fil-A, one of the five food groups. So we found a Chick-fil-A, and there were like nine million people in the line, but we found our place. Finally, we got Chick-fil-A and sat down. You know, a while back, I read an article about Chick-fil-A. Pastor Kevin... It talked about Truett Cathy, how in 1946 he started Chick-fil-A. And when he started, he started the business founded in kingdom principles. He built the whole business. He was a tither. But he also chose to honor the Sabbath. Anybody ever just want Chick-fil-A on a Sunday? Come on, don't look at me like that. Oh, it's always, it seems like Sunday's the best day, and it's close. I have to be reminded that they're honoring the Sabbath. But here's what happened. In 1946, they made a choice that they would honor the Sabbath, and they would only be open six days a week. He knew what it was to walk, work in the restaurant industry seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And he made a, a choice. He was intentional. Matter of fact, he put it in the bylaws of Chick-fil-A that when his family took over, they were not allowed to open on Sundays. You know, most of the fast food chains have more restaurants than Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Burger King, many more stores than Chick-fil-A. But you know, the average fast food restaurant chain produces $1 million in gross sales a year. That's the average in seven days. Sunday being the busiest restaurant day of the week. But Chick-fil-A in six days produces per store over $5 million per store. Why? There's an abundance in rest. In six days, five times more. There are some of you that are striving and you're trying to make it happen. And God says, let me show you what I can do with less. Let me take your little and make it a lot. Let me take this place that you are trying and you are striving for and produce a fruit out of it. He said, I want to give you an authority in this season. You know, I love the psalmist and I love David. And David said in Psalm chapter 63, verse 8, he said this, My soul followeth hard after thee. He said, you hold me up with, with your right hand. He said, my soul runs hard after thee. And there are seasons that are running seasons. The psalmist knew what it was. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man's man. David would fight a bear. David would fight a lion. David would pick up a rock and fight a giant. And after he knocked the giant down, he took the sword of that giant, cut his head off, and they began to sing the praises of David. David was a writer. David was a worshiper. David was a warrior. David was a runner. David was one that moved hard after the things of God. But in Psalm chapter 23, it all shifted. David was not in a running season. He was in a walking season. He was in a resting season. He was in a season that he was weary from battle. And David declared this in Psalm 23. Not the same David in Psalm 60 where he said, I'm coming after you fast and hard. But he said this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes he makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Though I walk, I'm not running right now, but I am walking. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup is running over. Sometimes it's in the walking season that you realize he's already made a place for you to rest. It's in the walking season that he allows you to pull up to the table in the presence of your adversary. It's in the walking season that he takes you back to your daddy's house where there was a long-haired prophet named Samuel that had a horn of oil. And he said, you anointed my head with oil and my cup is running over and something began to happen. David got prophetic. He said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and here's where it all shifts. David's in a walking season but all of a sudden he gets a glimpse of a tomorrow. He said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever. There are some of you that are not in a running season but he's getting ready to unlock a prophetic word. There are some of you that are in a walking season or even a crawling season but he's getting ready to release a prophetic word he rose up in the valley of the shadow of death begin to look into his tomorrow and declare this is not the last chapter it's just a chapter this is not the end of the journey it's just a part of the journey and I will I will I will I will I'm speaking to my future I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth this is the day that the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad in it I will live and not die I will I will I will come on jump to your feet sometimes it's in that walking place resting place breathing place where he begins to align us with his will I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what I'm sensing, that some of you in this season of rest, God is getting ready to release something new and prophetic. For some, he's going to remind you of an old word that he spoke over you in a last season, but he's declaring it's for a now season. For some of you, you just need to become the prophet of your own life, not a preacher. Not some guy on the television, but you need to look in the mirror and declare by faith your best is yet to come. Your latter will be greater than your former. You're blessed and highly favored. Mark going in and Mark coming out. You will rest in his presence. Because it wasn't long that David would refine his pace. There are running seasons but there are seasons that he slows us down. And we just have to take a seal a moment. Just breathe. Just take a breath. 
And every now and then my Apple Watch reminds me it's time to breathe. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just reminds me it's time to breathe. Every time Jesus would take a rest, it was always followed by the supernatural. He would break bread, take a sack lunch, and feed a multitude. He would go to the mountains and begin to pray here from the Father and then walk on water. Could it be that the breath you're taking right now is just a setup for the next season of supernatural in your life? Could it be that the breath you're taking right now is just the foundation for the next season of miracles in your life? Could it be that the breath you're taking right now is aligning your family for their assignment? Could it be that the breath you're taking right now is just restoring your soul? Could it be that, that the places he's causing you to lay down in and the, and the rippling water brooks that are flowing by you are just preparing you for a next prophetic season? Could it be that where you're at right now is all preparation for a next season? So my prayer is this, as you take a selah moment that God begins to produce some fruit and all of a sudden love begins to rise up and you begin to see people differently than you saw them before. You don't get on Facebook with the spirit of offense. You don't listen with the spirit of offense. You don't look at them with judgmental eyes but you have a spirit of love. You rise up in a season declaring that happiness is not where I find myself rooted but I am grounded in the joy of the kingdom and all of a sudden out of that comes a prophetic peace that begins to raise a level of faith that you have not seen and an authority begins to come forth and I begin to speak over my children and I begin to speak over my grandchildren and I begin to lay my hands on my finances and I begin to declare that the next seasons are beginning to open and that old things are passed away and all things are being made now in a few moments we're going to receive communion we're going to worship for just a moment but here's what you have to understand because of the finished work of the cross, we can rest. Jesus said that it is. And because he declared that, you can rest in what he's already done. Because he said, when you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. There is a rhythm to rest. There is fruit in rest. Next week we'll talk about God bringing us out of our rest. Would you just lift your hands in worship for a moment? I just want to say a quick prayer over you. I'm going to worship for just a moment. Then Pastor Kevin's going to come. Father, I sent you moving even now. Father, this service, Father, has been just a thread, Father, of your presence. Just a thread of your presence, Father. Father, I sense there are miracles in the atmosphere, miracles that are being re released in this season of rest. And as we take a breath, Father, I believe you're getting ready to breathe. A ruach breath. A breath that produces life and opens destiny. So Father, as we breathe and we take a moment to pause, reflect, refocus, and just ground ourselves in your presence.
I just sense, Father, that the atmosphere is being ready for the miraculous, for the supernatural. So, Father, today we just rest in the finished work of the kingdom. Come on, just with a yes and amen. Thank you so much for watching this message. We pray that it encouraged you. Our church is not built on one individual, but on the sacrifice of so many. And so you being a part of that means so much to us. Our vision here at City Life is to reach the lost, help restore what has been broken, and to release people into their God-given purpose. If you would like to partner with us today, text GIVE to 844-311-1777 or visit our website. For more great content and messages, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also download our City Life app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram while you're at it. Our services are at 9.30, 10.30, and 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'd love to have you be with us in person at one of our locations. And like we say here at City Life, go and be the city.